Chapter 16 We are the Chi, Eric said. Mr. King had left, and Eric had brought us to a place beneath a large tree. A little stream trickled by, just a few feet away. A wall of silence had come down, as if someone had turned down the sound of all the barking dogs. I could still hear them, but it was as if the sound were far away now. You are androids, Axe commented. Yes. You show a very high level of technological sophistication, Axe said. Eric smiled with what looked like exactly human lips. We are just the creation. It is our creators who are the great builders. Why did you bring us down here? Jake asked. Why show us all this? We want you to trust us, Eric said. We know that you're suspicious. You have to be. I'm sure you've left some of your people outside, just in case we betray you. I wanted us to be equal. I wanted you to know our secrets since we know yours. We saw you at the concert, I started to say. He looked surprised, then nodded. Ah, yes. You were the two dogs, weren't you? I sensed something odd about you. Tell me, what's it like to actually be a dog? It's truly cool, Jake said. You knew we were the two dogs? Eric shook his head. We didn't know, but I felt something strange. We've known there were morph-capable forces on Earth. There is very little that the Yurks know that we don't also know. You were handing out flyers for the sharing. You were at a meeting of the sharing, I accused. True, but maybe I should tell you our story. Then you'll understand who we are, and why we are your allies. And also why we, or at least some of us, would like your help. That would be nice, Cassie said. You have to say one thing for Eric. The boy knew how to tell a story. Suddenly, everything around us dissolved. In its place, there grew a vast, three-dimensional picture. It looked as real as Eric. We were no longer on Earth. There were two suns in the sky, one small and almost red, the other four times as big as Earth's sun and a deeper gold. The trees and flowers and grasses around us were definitely not anything that had ever grown on Earth. The trunks of the trees were green and smooth, but instead of leaves, the branches just kept splitting into even smaller branches and twigs that grew gradually from green to silver to a brilliant shade of pink. These pink twigs were all intertwined, so that from a distance, the trees looked like huge balls of pink steel wool. The trees were no larger than earth trees, it seemed to me, but what was huge were the mushrooms. At least, they looked kind of like mushrooms. They were half as large as the trees themselves. Messy nests of some leathery, leaping, three-legged animal seemed to be perched on each of the mushrooms. There were other animals around, each stranger than the last. But the main animal we saw was a two-legged creature that stood maybe four feet tall. It had long, floppy ears and a muzzle. It looked weirdly like a dog that could walk on its hind legs. It looked, in fact, a little like Eric when he dropped the hologram and showed his true self. Our creators, Eric said. They were known as Pemelites. A hundred thousand years before the Andalites learned to make fire, the Pemelites were capable of faster-than-light travel. I noticed Axe's tail twitch a little at that. And of course, 
humans were just hairy apes when the Pamelites first visited Earth. The Pamelites were not interested in conquest, or in interfering in the lives of other planets. They enjoyed life. Eric smiled. They loved to play. They loved games and jokes and laughter. And they had been a fully evolved race for so long that all the harsher instincts were gone from them. They had no evil in their hearts. They had no evil in their souls. I found this hard to believe, but as I watched the hologram around me, it was possible to believe that on this weird planet, the Pemelites had found some deep inner peace. There was just a sense of deep calm about the place, like one of those Zen gardens or something. It just felt peaceful. Peaceful, but not dead or tired or boring. In fact, everywhere I looked, I saw Pemelites jumping around, chasing, playing, and making an odd chuck-chuck-chuck that must have been their laughter. The scene around me changed, like a movie doing a flash-forward. Now, mingled in with the Pemelites, were androids like Eric. The androids looked vaguely like their canine creators. We were toys, originally, Eric said. The Pemelites made us to play with. They called us the Chi. It's a word that means friend. They also had work for us to do, but they created us mostly to be their companions. An artificial race, yes, but not a race of mechanical slaves. Eric looked at us, and I swear there were tears in his holographic eyes. We were their friends and equals and companions. They taught us to laugh and play. They loved it when they were able to create androids who could tell a joke. There was a celebration that lasted a year. Then, zap! I jerked back. A monstrous beam of light sliced the ground open right in front of us, like some insane plow tearing up the earth. It incinerated the pink Brillo pad trees and the huge mushrooms. Then the howlers came, Eric explained. They suddenly popped out of zero space. Thousands of powerful ships. They had come from clear outside the galaxy. The Pemelites had no idea who they were, and they never found out what the Howlers wanted. The Howlers made no demands. They just attacked. Maybe that's all they wanted. To destroy. What Eric showed us next was like one of those horrifying films from World War II. Pemelites hunted from the air. Pemelite space stations blown apart. Pemelite ships sliced open, and helpless Pemelites left to drift through cold, dead space. The scenes of massacre just went on and on. I noticed Cassie was crying. I think I was crying, too. It was too horrible. Almost the entire race of Pemelites was wiped out, Eric said. A few hundred Chi and a few hundred Pemelites left the planet, escaping in a single ship just seconds ahead of a new wave of howler attacks. We escaped into zero space. We had no plan, no idea what to do. Why didn't you fight back? I demanded. I mean, you talk about how advanced the Pemelites were. If they could create androids, they could create weapons. Eric looked at me and nodded like he agreed. The Pemelites had forgotten the ways of conflict and war. They were creatures of peace. They'd forgotten that there could be such a thing as pure evil. That answer just frustrated me. It made no sense. 
but I let Eric tell the rest of his grim story. As we ran for our lives through zero space, we discovered that the Howlers had achieved a special revenge. The Pemelites began to become sick. They began to die. The Howlers had unleashed germ weapons. The Pemelites were doomed. But we, Chi, we androids, were unaffected. The scene around us became the inside of a spaceship. A scene of Chi looking on helplessly while one of their creators writhed in pain. Then we remembered a planet. A planet similar to our own, but very far from our home and the Howlers. It had only one sun, and the light was pale. But there were trees and grass and wonderful oceans. Earth, Cassie said. Earth, Eric said. The Pemelites had not visited Earth in 50,000 years. And in that time, everything had changed. The wandering tribes of primates had created cities. They had domesticated animals. They were planting crops. We landed on Earth with just six Pemelites still clinging to life. The hologram disappeared, and the underground cavern was back to its normal self. A wide park of Earth trees and Earth plants, with dogs everywhere. We could not save the Pemelites. They would die. But we could try and rescue some part of them. We hoped we could keep their hearts, their souls, alive somehow. We looked for an Earth species we could use to harbor the essence of the Pemelites. Their decency. Their kindness. Their playfulness and love. Wolves! Cassie said, once again way ahead of me. Eric looked surprised but he nodded his holographically projected human head. Yes, they looked most like the Pemelites themselves. We grafted the essence of the Pemelites onto the wolf species. And from that union, dogs were created. To this day, most dogs carry within them the essence of the Pemelites. Not all, but most. Wherever you see a dog playing, chasing a stick running around barking for the sheer joy of life, you see the remnants of the race of Pemelites. That's why all these dogs are here, Jake said. They're your, what, friends? Creators? They are our joy, Eric said, because they remind us of a world without evil, the world we lost. We, Chi, are all that is left of Pemelite technological genius. The dogs of Earth are all that is left of Pemelite souls. Chapter 17 I don't think I would have believed any of it, except for the small fact that we were in a huge underground park, and there were androids walking around. Plus, there was the fact that my entire life had become one long, incredible, unbelievable story. So who was I to laugh at Eric's story? So you all pass as humans? I asked Eric. He nodded. Yes. We live as humans. We play the role of children and then grow older. And eventually, our hologram is allowed to die. And we start again as children. How long has this been going on? Cassie asked. Eric smiled warmly. I helped to build the Great Pyramid. You designed the pyramids? No, no, of course not. 
we have never interfered in human affairs. I was a slave. I helped to quarry the stone. It was challenging because I was new at pretending to be human. I had to hide my real strength, of course. The Pemelite homeworld had a gravity four times stronger than Earth's. Naturally, we were designed for that gravity, which means we are quite powerful by human standards. And you stayed a slave? Jake asked. You could have taken over Egypt. You could have taken over the world. No, we are not the Yurks, he said coldly. You see, when our creators made us, they hardwired us for nonviolence. We are not capable of hurting another living being. No chi has ever taken a life. Just then, I noticed a group of four chi walking quickly toward us. Eric saw them too. Even though I know his face was just a hologram, it seemed to me he was annoyed. What have you done? One of the chi demanded. What have you done, you fool? The four chi came up and glared at us with robot eyes. Humans, an analyte, here, what have you told them? Everything, Eric said defiantly. These are the ones, these humans and this Andalite, who have been resisting the Yurks. They're the ones who can morph. His voice rose. They are the ones who are fighting the battle. We should fight. We are Chi. We do not fight, one of the androids said. It turned on its holographic projector. A human body appeared. The body of an old woman. Maybe 80 years old. I am Chi Lonos. My human name for now is Maria, she said. I did not mean to seem angry toward you humans, or you, my Andalite friend. My dispute is with this Chi called Eric and some of his friends. We stood by helplessly as the Howlers annihilated our creators, Eric said to Maria. We can't stand by helplessly and watch this world be destroyed too. Dogs and humans are intertwined. They have evolved a dependency. Dogs cannot survive without humans. If the humans fall to the Yurks, we, the last great masterpieces of the Pemelites, and the dogs, their spirit homes, will all die too. I gave Jake a look. That's why the Chi wanted to help the humans? To save dogs? Jake shook his head slightly in amusement. We do not fight. Maria said heatedly. We do not kill. You know that, Eric. Yet you bring these outsiders here. You blurt the secrets we have kept for thousands of years. Why? What good can come from it? We cannot fight to save the humans. That's where you're wrong, Eric said softly. We can fight. While you and the others merely hope everything will work out, my friends and I have been infiltrating the Yurk organizations here on Earth. The Yurks even think that I am one of them. Maria and the three unhologram chi just stared. The Yurks have been busy. They control a computer company called Matcom. It took me a couple of seconds to remember that name. Eric went on. The Yurks are working on a master computer to infiltrate and rewrite all the software in all the computers on Earth. When they have achieved sufficient force among humans... They will launch this computer bomb, and in a flash, control all computers. What does this have to do with us? Maria asked. The heart of this system 
is a crystal the Yurks obtained from a Dayong trader. The Dayong didn't know what he had, but the Yurks did. The crystal is a processor more sophisticated than anything even the Andalites could create, and it is more than 50,000 Earth years old. A Pemalite crystal! Maria gasped. Yes, a Pemalite crystal. If we had it, we could rewrite our own eternal systems. Do you understand now? We could erase the prohibition against violence. We could be free. Free to fight. A Pemalite crystal, Maria whispered. You can't do this, Eric. You can't. But Eric just turned away. If we can get the crystal, there is very little we can't do. Our strength joined with these anamorphs? The Yurks would have to double their forces just to contain us. How did you convince the Yurks that you are one of them? Axe asked him. Eric turned off his hologram and became a machine once again. And then the front of his head split open. Inside his steel and ivory head was a chamber, just a few inches in diameter. And inside that chamber was a gray slug, helpless, unable to escape. Tiny wires, no thicker than hairs, wrapped around it. Yerk! Axe hissed. Yes, Eric said. The Yerks believe I am human. I accepted infestation. But of course, the Yerk cannot make a controller of me. I have made a place for him instead. He sees nothing, knows nothing. I tapped his memory, not the other way around. And now I can pass among the Yerks like one of them. I had two reactions. One, I was sick at the thought of that Yerk trapped inside a steel cage. As much as I hated Yerks, it seemed harsh just the same. But another reaction was much stronger. We had an ally! A powerful ally! An android who could pass as a controller, who could enter Yerk society, and an android with many powers of his own. How do you keep the Yurk alive without controller rays? Cassie asked. See, every three days, a Yurk has to return to the Yurk pool to absorb controller rays. Without that, they die. I am able to use my own internal power to generate controller rays to keep this Yurk alive, Eric explained. When I go to the Yurk pool, I am able to trick the Yurks into believing that my Yurk is swimming in the pool. I generate a hologram of a Yurk leaving my ear and dropping into the pool. Later, I create a hologram of it returning. The Yurks never notice that they don't encounter this Yurk actually in the pool. Yurks communicate very little in their natural states. How do we fit into all of this? Jake asked. I mean, what do you want with us, Eric? Eric resumed his human appearance. He stepped toward us, eager, excited. We could fight together against the Yurks. We could be allies. If only... We need that Pemalite crystal. But the Yurks have created a maze of defenses like nothing you can imagine. That crystal is in a room at the heart of the Matcom building. There are Hork-Bajir everywhere. Elite Hork-Bajir warriors. The best. And the crystal itself is guarded by an ingenious system. It is concealed in our room of absolute darkness. Absolute darkness. The slightest, faintest light 
ultraviolet, infrared, any light will set off alarms. Within the darkness are wires that are set off by the slightest touch. So to get the crystal, you'd have to be able to find it without seeing it, and avoid the wires that are also invisible in the darkness, I said. It's like finding a needle in a haystack when you're blindfolded and can't touch a single piece of hay. The walls, ceilings, and floor are all pressure-sensitive, so you can't touch them. It may be impossible, Eric said. How are we supposed to do that? I demanded. How can you find something that you can't see? It's not like it'll smell or call out to us. Um, Cassie said. Excuse me? Jake asked in surprise. It can be done, Cassie said. I mean, if we want to. Of course we want to, I said. With these guys on our side, we actually have a chance of winning. Of course we want to. Animorphs and Chi together? Our morphing ability? Their strength and holographic tricks? We'd kick Yerk butt. No, Maria cried. You don't understand. Chi do not hurt. Chi do not kill. No Chi has ever taken a life. She grabbed my arm and looked right in my eyes. While humans and Yerks and Andalites and hork and a million other species on a million worlds warred and slaughtered and conquered, we remained at peace. Would you end all that? Would you make us killers too? Yes, ma'am, I guess I would, I said a little coldly. We're in a fight for our lives here. Our parents, our brothers and sisters, our friends, they are all going to be slaves of the Yerks if we don't win. So I'll do whatever it takes. If you'd fought all those thousands of years ago, the Pemelites would still be alive, and you wouldn't be living with dogs in a big underground kennel. I didn't mention the sudden interest the sharing had in my father. I didn't want to make this personal. Maria let me go, and Eric nodded. A big underground kennel, Eric said bitterly. Exactly. We'll get your crystal for you, Jake said. Tell us all you know about this matcom, and we'll get your crystal. He looked at the chi called Maria. Sorry, but Marco is right. The Yorks have my brother. There's nothing I won't do to get him back. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As usual, this is your host, Daniel. And if I sound a little slower than usual, I am feeling very sleepy, but I got stuff to do later, so can't let that stop me. Um, thank you for listening. I don't really have anything to say other than thanks, uh, Miss Mrs. Applegate, for introducing yet more characters. Oh, it's so much fun with my very limited range uh, but we do our best here. I Yeah, I don't have anything uh, really other news related, so let's just get into those uh, end show notes. If you liked what you heard here, it would be cool if you use iTunes and, you know, the mood strikes you. If you would give me a rating and review, I'd appreciate that. Or if uh, you'd like to tell a friend, that'd be really cool too. If you'd like to reach me about this podcast, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And, uh, oh, big, big shout out to Austria. Uh, some, someone or someone's multiple people, maybe in Austria have been downloading a storm. I'm checking my metrics sometimes. And, uh, Austria, number two, most downloaded from country after the United States. So, uh, thank you, Austria, for your support. 
Uh, I'd also like to give a shout-out to my secondary podcast, OK Crusader. This is one where I get guests on, and we take random characters from the Marvel fan wiki, and we discuss how dateable we think they are. Uh, so if that sounds interesting to you, just search OK Crusader, all one word. It's like OK Cupid, but, you know, superheroes, uh, wherever you'd search for a podcast, it should pop up. That is all I've got for everyone here. We're about midway through this book about dogs, so stay tuned. My name is Daniel, and I know one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>